Welcome to another episode of the Fortline Social Podcast. Um, today I'm going to be talking to Chaka Malik of the band Orange 9mm. Um, we talk briefly on how the band started, um, how they were received within the hardcore scene, obviously with Chaka being in Burn beforehand. And we also talk about Pretend I'm Human, the 20th anniversary. Um, we talk briefly on how you know, the styles are different between that and Burn, and we talk about what the record meant to Chaka. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Check it out. So, talk to me about uh, the history of Orange 9mm. Like, how did it start? Yeah, Orange 9 started in um, the 1994. Um, I was coming out of this band called Burn, the New York hardcore band. Oh. Uh, we were playing some of our kind of final shows at that time period. I met a guy from Long Island named Chris Trainer. A bunch of my friends mentioned that he was like a good guitar player. He ended up uh, being at a show that Burn played in Connecticut. Uh, we talked for a while. Uh, after uh, got back from that kind of weekend of shows, me and Chris started hooking up and kind of playing riffs and talking about music. And next thing you know, we kind of had a couple songs. I had an, uh, a history with Revelation Records via Jordan Cooper. Okay. Uh, so I reached out to Jordan and said, hey, Jordan, man, I got a new band. Um, I want to go and I want to uh, be on a label. He's like, all right, go to Don Fury's, demo a couple of songs. I'll let you know. So we went to Don's, demoed like three songs. He's like, all right, record as many songs as you have. So we only had like four songs. So we did those four songs and that was the EP okay. on Revolution. Well, that was 95. So obviously you were obviously in burn before orange nine millimeter so where did the sort of idea of the style behind orange nine millimeter because obviously it's very much more that sort of post hardcore sound as opposed to hardcore which burn obviously was yeah i mean it was a reflection of the times i mean burn reflected the times that it came out in mm. and orange nine when it was coming out i mean that was like that was in the middle of the nineties, right? That was like the time when like we were mixing everything with everything else, you know, mixing yes. chocolate peanut butter, you know? Yeah. You got, yeah, yeah. obviously bands like um, Quicksand and stuff like that were coming out at the same time. So Even bands like Whale. Do you remember Whale from your side of the, your side of the pond? No, I don't think I've heard of them actually. Um, female singer. I love, they had the one song. You da, 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 da. I forgot to like the lyrics, but. Whale, I mean, was it? Whale, yeah, female okay. vocalist. I and I mean, out. yeah, and I mean, just all this, like, you know, this, the, oh, the Swirlies, the Toadies, all these bands, like these indie bands, you know, My Bloody Valentine, too, like, oh, yeah, like, all this, you know, rock curve, you know, there was all this stuff, you know, plus 90s hip hop, right? Yeah, so it just kind of begs a different, it begs the expression of that time rather than anything else, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a no-brainer that it would say, okay, fuck, there's so much happening right now. I'll just pull some firewood from everywhere. So you know? it's so going off sort of style-wise then for Orange 9mm, was it just a matter of just grabbing styles from more different sort of parts? It was what we liked, right? I mean, I felt like the, the one thing about the 90s, the overlay of the, or the filter of the 90s was anything goes kind of musically, right? Yeah. Um. And so it was a matter of, okay, well, fuck it. If anything goes, then, okay, shit, this is what I like, you know? And the three bands that me and Chris uh, kind of chose in actually having a con- uh, an, an, an intention-based conversation around this was uh, Tribe Cold Quest, Smashing Pumpkins, and Screaming Trees. Wow. 
you know, so that was the kind of, you know, um, guideline or basis and stuff like that vibe wise. We don't sound like any of those bands, obviously, No, you know, but there's moods of those bands that I think are reflected in Orange Night. <laughs> yeah. So is it more like, yeah, so those three bands were like the main influences behind it. And then it was just a matter of doing your own thing from there, kind of. It's like you're making dinner for your family. You have some noodles and you have some red sauce. So you say, okay, it looks like it's Italian, right? Doesn't mean it's going to taste <laughs> like a restaurant, yeah. but that's just what you're dealing with, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's just the ingredient, you know, how, how you got to do, you can only, you can only do what you can do. Someone can, t- can take that same the same set of ingredients and make something way different that's also delicious, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. how do you do it? You know, how do you do, you know, in that 90s, once again, like that, just do what you want. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I love that about the 90s. Not even yeah. like it was better, better or worse or anything like that. It's just more of an open, go ahead. I mean, yeah. So for me, like I was born in the 90s. So but 90s has always been sort of my favorite era of music anyway, in terms of every genre, really. Right. The hip hop was good then, you know, the indie stuff was good then. You got bands like my favorite bands, Radiohead, so that was like their yeah. pinnacle sort of the nineties. So yeah, I definitely think it was a good time for every sort of genre of music really. Yeah, you know. How did you go sort of writing style wise then? Because obviously Burn being a hardcore band, Orange Nine Millimeter taking influence from everything outside of that. Writing wise, was it a different sort of yeah, well, for, for Burn stuff, any kind of writing I did for Burn that involved music was involved in me humming something that those guys would just kind of make their own sense out of, you know? Yeah. Um, but for for the um, Orange Nine stuff, like, there was a couple of, like, for Can't Decide, like, there was a chord shape. I had just kind of really gotten into, like, loving guitar, and I just, uh, this chord shape that I showed Chris, he ended up kind of breaking that chord shape out and creating this rhythm with it, and that became for Can't Decide. Like for um, cutting and draining, there was um the back and again the kind of the um the the riety guitar part. Okay, um, that was something that I had just written on a Telecaster, and then Chris had the other part. And that was like the one of the last songs that we got finished. You know, yeah, a lot of those stuff came on. I think I think I don't know if Driver came on the bass for Chris. I mean, Chris is a great writer, wonderful writer. You know, talented yeah. on bass and guitar. You know, we were just kind of having fun, really, I guess, without even, like, trying to have fun. Okay. You know, just kind of experimenting and, and enjoying that kind of process or whatever. Yeah, sometimes it's just about sort of being in a room with your friends and doing what you love doing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. uh, obviously, Burn were very, very um, like heavily influenced in the hardcore scene. Obviously, sometimes, you know, people will talk about New York hardcore and Burn will be the name that comes up. So yeah. how did Orange 9mm get through within the hardcore scene? Was it taken differently to what Burn would be? I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Orange 9 show, see, Burn, Burn was more of like a you versus the world kind of thing. It was more about you personally. You know, like if you're listening to Burn, it's like it's all personal, you know? Yeah. And I feel like the pits of the of burn reflected that. I think they were a lot more aggressive and people kind of get an expressive people kind of getting their thing out, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that the Orange Nine pits were just kind of more like vibing. Everyone kind of just vibing with each other it was more of a communal kind of thing. Um, um and and I think I mean hard, we were incredibly well received, you know. I mean yeah. the Irish shows those initial shows were crazy, you know. Um so yeah. 
will definitely will exceed the hardcore. So did you play, obviously, as 9mm, did you play many hardcore shows before, you know, that you got that popularity? I mean, Orange Night was kind of, uh, it kind of got, got to its highest level of popularity pretty quick. I mean, yeah, we did like a couple of shows and like we were on the Warped Tour, you know. That's cool. It was very, it was very, very quick. Like we did like maybe three or four shows in New York. They were all sold out, all crazy. And it was just, once again, like not taking, um, not saying that, you know, it was because we're dope. It was just the right time when the whole 90s thing of expression and freedom and yeah. do you was really kind of bubbling in everybody's kind of system. Yeah. You know? So it was a so right like time. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to give the universe credit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That's cool. So, wow. So you guys literally played three shows and then did Warped Tour. That's insane. It was, I mean, it was something like that. I mean, I, I mean, it's, that may be a slight exaggeration, but yeah. it was a very short amount of time. Do you reckon that has anything to do with, obviously, the fact that you, you were in Bern? Or do you reckon it was just purely yeah, I because... Mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, I think that like whatever that. I brought from Bern allowed me to, to get a running start with Orange 9mm to some degree. Yeah. And, um, but once Orange and I was in the Warp Tour and playing shows, I mean, it was pretty much clear that this was its own thing worthy of its own, you know, yeah, absolutely. appreciation, you know, outside of anything else. It's amazing. That's cool. So, obviously, Pretend I'm Humans coming up to 20 years old, is that right? Wow, that's crazy, man. Have you heard the remaster? No, I haven't. I mean, oh, I want to. Is it good? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, that's a record, honestly, like, I love that record. I love my vocals. I love a lot of things on that record. Yeah. But I just felt like it was just like, um, it could be mixed a lot, like, harder. We could have just mixed it harder. Yeah. Um, I think I, we were just in our in a cocoon then, and I think we just tried, we made the record. I, I love the record. I just wish it was mixed a little harder. And I think this remaster really kind of solved some of what was missing for me. Yeah, you I know? really want to hear it. Definitely, yeah, yeah. grab it. I, mean, I don't know whether to grab the tape or the vinyl or just grab both. It's one of those. It's crazy. I'll send so, it to you. Oh, wicked! Thank you. Um, so that that brings me on to my next question, actually. Really, so for me, I predominantly use Spotify, um, right. and pretend I'm human, not on Spotify. So, right. what is it? now like, why is it now that it's all of a sudden going onto streams and you know it's having that like big release obviously i know it's been 20 years but it's never been on streaming before but obviously a few of the older records are right once again the universe i have no idea you know the, the record's been there the whole time the record was there the day before you know we talked about you know re- releasing it you know so i yeah. just the universe you know okay. um that's really all, all I can say. Once again, give, give the universe credit, right? Yeah. yeah. So how, mm-hmm. how, how do you think the records held up then over the 20 years? Yeah, man. I think for me, I, I really like Aliens, um, uh, uh, Facelift. I mean, I'm not the same person when I wrote um, uh, I Will Forever Resent You. I would never say that today. That's <laughs> it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some things that like you say as a kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like Dragons, which is a very deep kind of love hate song. I mean, there's some shit on here. Uh, Innocence. There's some shit on here. I think that's pretty, like lyrically and emotionally and musically deep, touching skies. Yeah. I just think there's a lot of stuff on here that's just very. It's just great. It holds up. Holds up amazingly well. Um, which I'm thankful for. 
Okay, so that brings me again to another question. What is the sort of theme behind it, the styles and ideas behind the actual record itself? You know, I, that record is the rappiest of the records. And that's when I was honest, I was really, really loving. There was whatever the JC record was at the time. Yeah. I was really loving the flow of that record. Um, and that that record definitely, definitely inspired my lyrics. Um, just we were holed up in a, a, a midterm hotel, one of those places that you stay for a month, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, it's like a hotel, but like it's got a kitchen and stuff like that. And yeah. um, I think it was like we were out there for like three months, rather at least wow. two and a half, three months. It was it was, it was a minute. It was it was a long time. Wow. So it was our kind of little world out there. Like I had um, a friend of mine that I was kind of seeing out there, and I would go out to. Um, is it me and Malibu go to Malibu and then it was just oh. this, it was an interesting kind of bubbly California time and I would just go out there hang out with her and she was involved with with um with perfume and making perfumes and providing this holistic experience for women okay. you, you, perfume you would go to her house and and she'd have this kind of room and you'd sit there and she'd waft all these essential oils and, and incenses in front of your nose and you'd break out in tears and you'd leave with this perfume and she'd help you to your car. Crying <laughs> over the emotion. Amazing, literally amazing. Wow. Amazing. Um, and I was hanging out with her and um, and just listening to music and just kind of being like in a weird bubble out there, you know, the way yeah. you are when you're making a record. Um, I was loving that Jay-Z record. Um, I don't even know that I was listening to a lot of rock right then at that point. Um, You know, I tend to listen to very few records at a time. Okay. Yeah. I I kind of get that. Yeah. I do kind of get that. It's just, and even within an artist, like let's say, let's say an artist like Fela Kuti, who I love, I will like very specific songs and Mm -hmm. those songs only, you know, it's not just like for me, like I would, I'm I'm not that person. Oh, do you like uh, this artist? Yes. I love it. I can listen to anything off the catalog. Like I like specific things oftentimes. And, and that artist happens to be the person that made that kind of thing. Yeah. I can, I I can be like that sometimes. I think there's a select few bands where it's like, I'll listen to every record, but then other bands that I love, it'd be very select records or very select songs. Right. Just for me, it's like at different times. Like from at one point, like I hated Rolling Stones and I started to love the Stones. I spent like six, seven years loving the Rolling Stones. Once you get the records, now you find the bootlegs and the demos and you have all that stuff. And then now I don't listen to any Rolling Stones at all. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I went through a similar phase. Like I mean, like, if it comes, like, yeah, I think I went through like a similar phase of the Rolling Stones, to be fair. For me, it was more like, because I'm quite young, it was like, maybe I should listen to this band because this is like what my uncles and, you know, my parents and stuff listen to. Like, maybe I should listen to this band. And I went for an era of listening to them and being like, yeah, these are pretty cool. And then, yeah, just don't listen to them anymore at all. So. And we'll, but here's crazy. It came a couple, like, um, um, can you hear me knocking came out when I was out somewhere? And it sounded good. I mean, yeah, it's just like, um, you know, and Bowie and Prince, my favorite, two of my favorite artists who, yeah, Again, Bowie is the same. Like stuff that I kind of grew up on, and I was like, maybe I should, you know, give it an actual go. But when I say grew up on it, it was like I'd hear the singles, and then it'd be like, okay, I'm 
18 now let's actually give these albums a listen I'm like oh these are really cool listen to them for about two years and then never really give it a go again what are you listening to right now what's your favorite show uh so a few artists that I like have released some new music this year so the new God's Hate record is very good for the sort oh, of heavier okay. stuff um Julian Baker's released a new record she's like a solo okay. artist that's very good um Fiddlehead they've released a new record that's I really good it's really good it is really really good um so yeah i kind of try and do that so I'll, I'll listen to as much new music as i can but nine times out of ten on a daily basis it's just going to like the go-to's for me some of my favorite bands like i go to like radiohead or cigarettes or yeah all that kind of stuff so what which 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 era of cigarettes are you on right now uh the uh, it depends it really really does depends i'm currently bumping the valtari uh album quite a lot okay um but yeah honestly it it changes every day radiohead's the same so i love radiohead i love every record i've ever done but you know one week i could listen to kid a another i listen to okay computer then i listen to in rainbows and it just really does differentiate right so but yeah i do try and just listen to as much new music as possible sometimes but it can get a bit tedious for me so it kind of like go into that those other records for like comfort almost yeah i feel you i mean i i enjoy like mining for new music i love one of the best feelings in the world is finding something new that you can love you yeah know, music, it's an incredible feeling i did have recently going through like a mad like 90s emo phase listen to like promise ring and oh, nice. my arm and stuff like that nice. just because like i listen to you i don't know if you've surely you've heard of our um axe the grind yeah so i listened to that on like a weekly basis and they, they did look like, an emo episode and i was like man this takes me back so i just listened to like loads of old his emo stuff which was so cool so yeah that was recent but yeah, I, I just try and change it up. But then nine times out of 10, when I'm driving to work or driving home, I just tend to listen to the same stuff. It's right. Stupid sometimes. Um, anyway, enough about me. Why did Orange 9mm call it a day after this record? Because obviously I mean, this record sort of came out and then it wasn't yeah, like we were, was it? We started Orange 9 with Chris and me and Chris had the vision of those records, right? Yeah. At the time we were done with Pretend I'm Human, like the trajectory no longer looked anything like what it started at. And there just wasn't a firm enough foundation in whatever kind of new thing would have been kind of chosen from there. I mean, I think it was also the beginning of the 2000s where kind of if you didn't have both feet on the boat, you you know, you might be in big trouble. It's just like a weird, I think music started to kind of shift at that point. Um, and I think that if we would have had our identity and stuck with it, then that would have been great. But I think our identity kind of shifted a bit after mm-hmm. after that record and we came home and we were trying to write stuff and we weren't sure kind of how heavy thing we wanted things to be. And we were experimenting a lot and it just was, it wasn't coming, I think, fast enough and it wasn't coming naturally enough. I think yeah. in a way it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Definitely. So sort of the, the last sort of shows that you played then, how, how was that sort of emotionally and, you know, physically, how was that for yourself? I mean, I, that's a, that's a hard thing. I'm not sure that I, that I even remember, you know, yeah. somebody 
some of them weren't as great, uh, you know. Um, and so oftentimes there, there's an arc where, you know, you people, people are, are less into it and, and that can translate across platforms, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was the right time for us to stop, you know. Yeah. So, so that with obviously Pretend I'm Human being the final record, do you think it was well received when it came out? Um, I, you know, I, I, for many people, yes, but I just, I think that, um, I think many people wanted it to be a little harder, including, including us, but we didn't even, I don't think that we realized it at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people, you know, liked it. We did, we had, you know, when you lied, did good at radio to some degree. Um, mm-hmm. Alien, I think also got added to radio a little bit. Um, yeah, it wasn't we didn't sell you know half million records or anything like that on it. But um I think people getting a chance to hear it now, I think it'll be cool. Um I mean it's definitely a record that was recorded in, you know, whatever it is, nineteen ninety nine or whatever it is, two thousand yeah. or something. Um so it's gonna kinda sound like that. It's gonna kind of reflect a lot of that. But I think my thing that I know, I mean you, you guys could be the judge, you know. Mm-hmm. It holds up and has musical relevancy now. Um yeah, I think that, that's it. That's one thing for, you know, a lot of scenes and genres and things like that. They sort of circle back on themselves. So, you know, there was a, there's a, you know, there's post hardcore sort of died out for a bit. You know, new metal, all that kind of stuff sort of died out for a bit, but it just does like a full 180 and just comes all the way back at some point. So I right. think now with you guys doing the 20th anniversary, I think it's like the perfect time to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really, really kind of interesting. I was at, I went to see a friend play the other day. And I love indie guitarists, you know, and they, there's like a kind of indie guitar player in the band. And it's just like, yeah. forget like that guitar is like indie guitarists, you know, sound cool. You know, they yeah. just, when you're hearing them out, hearing them, you know, and I think it's just, I miss, I miss live music and I miss that 90s. The, the great thing about and this is not a reflect saying anything's not as good or whatever, but I can't stress enough how open everything and everybody was to like sounds, you know, different sounds, you know, yeah. Massey R, Limbiscuit, Quicksand, Orange Knight, Helmet, Civ, you know, yeah. all stuff during that period, you know, yeah. Fiona Apple, you know, all these different flavors, you know. It had this kind of moody, obviously Nirvana, Ride, Curve. Yeah. You know, these bands that had this kind of moody, edgy, also sometimes fun, smashing pumpkins, right? There's so yeah. many cool bands in the night, it's, it's crazy. You get bands like, you know, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and bands like that too. Yeah, Just absolutely. Such a crazy era of music. Yeah, you know, and that's because there was a freedom, you know? Yeah, definitely. So how does it feel knowing that Orange Nine Millimeter is still mentioned and admired to this day and has been for such a long time? Obviously, it's been 20 years since you've been broken up. People still listen to the records and people still admire the band. How does that feel? I mean, I think it's great. Yeah. You know, anytime you put your, you know, your heart and soul on something, you hope that that's going to have a positive impact for yourself and for other people. Yeah. You know, to hear that 
yeah, people, you know, want to hear it and all that stuff, you know, that makes me happy, you know, That's and, cool. and hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, people will enjoy the reissue. You know, it definitely sounds a lot better, you know, and maybe we'll do some shows. I'd be psyched to do some shows, you know. There was the I did have a question saying would um, you ever do a sort of one-off show or reunion tour or maybe I mean, I'd, like I'd, I'd, I'd love to play a couple shows you know a few shows I mean I don't know that I'd try to make a tour out of anything like that you know but um, yeah I, I would love to I mean it, it's interesting right because you have you know Chris is in Bush right yeah so then you have to ask yourself okay so like am I gonna wait for you know Chris to have like a you know a year off to like Wait, did you say Chris was in Bush. Yeah, Chris oh my, No way. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so it's one of those things where I got to figure out and be like, okay, like, how would I do it? Like, do I try to wait for everybody to be in the same place at the same time? Do I get yeah. together, you know, some musicians? Do I see what Taylor's up to? Do I see what Matt Dominate? Who wants to be in it? It's just like a lot of questions, you know? Yeah. I definitely think it's worth it. Obviously, you're doing the 20th anniversary of the record. No reason why not to do a couple of shows off it, too. Yeah. You should and um, did you did you expect obviously pretend i'm human did you expect the sort of feedback you got from it did you expect well orange no millimeter as a whole did you expect it to go as far as it actually did i don't know i think it was a surprise no i, I don't think so no no because all i mean our friends aren't big bands right yeah we didn't it, it seemed normal i think if if Maybe if that was my first band and, you know, we didn't know anybody in other bands, it might be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. But, like, you know, when you come from bands, you know, that, you know, hardcore scenes and those bands, they, they do new bands and get big and you're on tour with them. You don't expect to not do well. You know, you expect to do somewhat good, you know. So reflecting sort of back on it, what was sort of the pinnacle for Orange Nine, do you think? What was sort of the, the highlights? You know, the year starting from the warp maybe from the the warp tour to maybe two years maybe from like 95 to 98 or something like that 97 96 90, 96 to 98 maybe just in terms of because everything has everything has a breath and in breath and an out breath you know you know i think that the arc of that and i make that even almost makes sense because that's kind of halfway through or something like that hmm. the whole life cycle of, of, of the band you know so it would make sense. The band started in 95 and kind of ended in 2000. And me saying kind of 90, you know, six to 98 or something like that, or 95 yeah. to 97. That's about the, you know, that's the uptick of the arc. If you were to draw a sine wave, right, that would be like the uptick um, yeah. height. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think that is? So what, what about that time was sort of, the most exciting and the people we had the most intent behind it, you know, at yeah. Chris, Chris went on to leave to play helmet. So that obviously changed the energy, um, created, um, what people, some people might call an induced transition where now you have to try to make all these changes and kind of react, um, yes. try to keep your kind of reality in, in, in place in the same sense. Um, and I, I don't think it ever really stabilized as much from that. It things kind of changed and had a life cycle, but it didn't stabilize back into incorporating the initial sound of the four song four song EP, Driver Not Included, Tragic, and Pretend I'm Human. From Pretend I'm Human, it just went into something else that didn't reflect any of the previous material. Yeah. Okay. 
So what were what were some of the bigger tours that you guys did then? The bigger shows and the bigger tours? Uh Warp Tour, which was great. Uh we showed a bus with Sublime that was like Orange Night Fixin, L7. No doubt was on some of those tours, some of the shows. Sick of it all, um, seaweed was on that, was on up and through those. Wow. Then we did a tour with Orange Night Quicksand Element, which is probably, I think, the quintessential kind of post, you know, post hardcore yeah. kind of tour that I can remember. I mean, I can't, you know what I mean? Not just because I was on it, it just represents kind of three generations of that kind of thing in a weird sense. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, um, then a bunch of tours, us and Deftones did a bunch of tours. Wow. Um, we did us corn deftones, you know. Uh, we did. There's a lot. Um, wow, that's so cool. That, I think those more. Those were more shows. Ours like corn deftones. We did a bunch of. We did a. But we did a bunch of shows with corn even early on. That's crazy. Um, Ours like deftone tours. That was like before deftones exploded. You know, they were yeah. still. But like we were just fucking. It was us and them just rocking clubs. They just incredible. You know, just energy incredible. You know, fucking incredible. Yeah, Death Sounds are, again, one of my favorite bands. That's insane. That's really cool. So what if if Orange Nine Millimeter was to have, have carried on after Pretend I'm Human, do you think it would have got to the level that Deftones are at now? Do you think, you know, if it had carried on, it would have been I, massive? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think I don't think it was supposed to, so I think it's a great question. I think it was supposed to kind of Yeah, I think off. it rode its course kind of thing. <laughs> It did because we were had at that point we had you know I so we started this group with myself I mean the core the main core was myself Matt Cross David Agent T Lane Chris Trainer by pretend I'm human I was it was myself and Matt Cross but then the main writer was Taylor who I love but we didn't have David or Chris so you know, as the main writer, Taylor is kind of more guided and ship, and so we have to be on the same page. And I think Taylor was kind of over heavy music at that point, which I don't blame him for. And and so it just kind of wasn't, it didn't make sense to try to keep going with that name. Yeah. And uh, now that makes sense. So did, what, what you as an individual, what, what was, what, what came after Orange 9mm for yourself? Yeah. I mean, I came back to New York, um, got, a, got a sales job, you know? Yeah. Then I ended up in like 2000, maybe 2005, so like 2004, uh, doing a band called Moving to America, which was okay. kind of a, oddly a Stones based kind of like a Roots Rock band. Wonderful. Yeah. And Roots Rock, and then a little bit of Glam. Um, okay. And we had, we had a bunch of songs. That was myself, uh, Michael Chambers, Karen Larkin, David Agentile, who was in that band with us. Oh. Um, at one point, Cash Tolman was also playing with us. Um, shit, who else? Yeah, I mean, Louis to America. So we had like songs like four, five, six, Runway LES. I mean, and I had friends of mine like um, like uh, Sammy and, and Charlie Garriga. They would call me and be like four, five, six tonight. <laughs> like, like kind of like singing the words back at me, like but like because it was catchy, like fun, like you know, rock music. Um, mm-hmm. We played a bunch of shows. We played a bunch of shows, sold out. You know, uh, that's cool. New York, you know, a few hundred people for this kind of roots rock. I mean, it was good. It was good. It was fun. So was that sort of your last musical project? No, no not, not at all. You know, <laughs> then, I started, then I took some time off of music. 
and I started doing this thing called Ghost Decibels in like 2015, okay. which is like my kind of electronic y thing where I'm like uh, kind of going through kind of, uh, you know, different phases of my electronic kind of exploration where some points I'm loving like Bowie, some points I'm loving Prince, some points I'm loving hip hop. Okay. Yes. You know, God knows what it is, but I think it's it's all um, emotional. And you know, right now I have a, a collaboration with this wonderful synthesis named Marianne. Excuse me, Marianne Hadoni, Marianne Modular, yeah. Modular, and it's called Sex Proxy. And we have a song called Skin. Okay. Uh, and we have a video that I'm just finishing now, and that's pretty pretty hard, you know. Um, Okay. And then I have another thing, a hardcore band called Tether Me with uh, my friend Greg, uh, Charles, and Matt. You know, so I need to yeah. I need to make a list. I need to check all this stuff out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm definitely expressing you know through music and enjoying that that kind of piece of me or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. So um, just to sort of close out the interview, um, what? What do you thought on sort of the modern day hardcore scene hmm. compared to how it was back when Burn and Orange Nine Millimeter was a thing? Well, I mean, the one thing that I think that the biggest difference in hardcore between now and then is not even about the music; it's more about the it's more about ideologies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the idea, the nature of ideology. I think was different back then. Now ideology is ideology is in control of everything today. Yeah. And ideology is oftentimes forced down your throat. It's, it's creating, it can allow you entry or it can bar you access from a friend. And we didn't come up in a situation like that. And I think that people that, people that are, are more immersed in having to stand within an ideology and define themselves uh, by being adherent to a group message. Okay. For me, that's not as punk as what I experienced. You know, what I experienced was way less about any what anybody thought. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? A, agreement or disagreement, like, no one gave a fuck. It was like, what's your attitude like? What's your music like? Are you a good dancer? You know what I mean? Like in yeah. the pit, like, are you adding, would you do a fanzine? Like, how are you adding, what, are you adding something to the scene? Are you creating something? Are you enabling this thing to keep going? Are you creating safety? You know, if, if we need that, are you, you know what I mean? Like, how are you helping to support the growth of this thing yeah. rather than how are you looking to inspect how someone might or might not be uh, uh, allowed to be in your at your table because they don't adhere to this uh, ideology or that ideology that you that you you know kind of resonate with or believe in. Okay. You know, yeah. way more way more inclusive, but also honest. In the you know, I mean, there was you know, you know, sharp skinheads and they had the American flags or punkers and the anarchists and the hardcore kids. And, yeah, you know, then the kind of gang kids and. And everyone had their ideologies and no one cared. No one was trying to force you to be anything. No one gave a fuck. Yeah, I see what you mean. I do see what you mean. I definitely think, um, I mean, because obviously Burn was, you know, was it late 80s, early 90s that they were yeah. about? 
yeah, so yeah. you know the the hardcore scene is so much bigger now. I think that's purely just off social media alone. To yeah. be honest, um, you never had that back then. You you kind of had to go to a show or listen to a tape to you know actually hear the band as it now. Someone and even just shares something. Society overall was different back then. Yeah. You know, like being these days, people more care about do you agree with everything I said? Do you agree with all my beliefs or not? Mm. If you don't agree with all my beliefs, if you don't agree with my political candidate, then you're bad and I can't talk to you. <laughs> yeah. I've never existed before. Yeah. I, I do see what you mean. So, so you put know, it something called punk, which is like the opposite yeah. of adhering to society's, you know, uh, attention grabbers. You know, like political ideologies, like choosing sides with with um, with icons, or rather than having your own, just making your own micro decisions about life, yeah. and debating other debating points when it needs to be debated, even debating with yourself. Yeah, you know that's me. That's what punk is. Yeah, there's definitely more of a popularity behind it all now. Exactly. Uh, it's it, there's that I don't know many people where they don't like something that's at least the slightest bit associated with hardcore. Wow! Like I don't know many people that aren't at least the slightest bit. Right. I, I can't. I honestly couldn't think of someone that wasn't at least the slightest bit not hardcore, but they're definitely. Yeah, that, they might just be like a band that they listen to or like they might like one hardcore song from I don't right. know, early 90s or something like it's it's bonkers what new bands are you currently enjoying i like Manigal ray um it's been a while liking beach house i mean none of that's incredibly incredibly new um deftones you know yeah. what do you think of the new deftones record i like it i think it's great yeah i definitely think it's i mean every in, in my opinion, I think every Deftones record's different, but it's it's definitely a step in a different direction, this latest record. It's very riffy and I mean Diamond Eyes was kind of riffy, but this is Yeah, this is a different a different kind of riffy, you know. Yeah, riffy, you know. yeah no, it's good. Any shout outs you want to give? Shout outs. Yeah, shout shout out to everybody that's out there thinking for themselves. And that's taking the time to review their ideas. That's willing to stand up for what they believe in. That is is able to that is willing to take the risk of creating their own self identity mm-hmm. rather than jumping into uh, someone else's stew and being part of that stew, losing your own taste, your own uniqueness. We need everyone's uniqueness. We need everyone's own taste. We need everyone's own ability to make smart decisions. I value other people's ability, willingness to make decisions for themselves. I value that in myself, and I think it's essential. Um, I shout out people right now that are doing everything they can to be positive. People yeah. that are, you know, forgiving. People that, you know, are looking to create peace over war. People that are willing to lend a helping hand uh, rather than create division. Very, very well said. Very well said. So when's the uh, 20th anniversary due, the, the release? 
I think it's mid June or some shit. Is it? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I already have it, so I'm just, I, don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'll definitely be ordering the tape. I think. I don't know if I want the tape or the vinyl. I might just go for both. I think the the vinyl looks cool, but um, yeah, the vinyl looks cool. Um, but the tape, I mean, tapes you get, but the tape pops, and you're then you can. I guess you have it on streaming services, and then you can just yeah. like hit play on like your cassette deck, even if it's not really playing in your cassette deck. Yeah, it's just more. I, I always have this conversation. I've had this conversation with a few people recently, but tapes are definitely a collectible item more than anything nowadays. Honestly, I like how cassettes sound, especially when you could get them to, you know, you can get a little volume out of it, get a little juice out of it. I think, I don't know. I, I think I prefer how vinyl sounds. Um, oh, I love how vinyl sounds too. Yeah. I think I prefer how vinyl sounds, but I do have quite a lot of tapes now. So it's just, it's just, you know, you spend, you know, you get bands nowadays where they release like four different vinyl variants and then three different tape variants. And it's like, Jesus, what do I do? Do I get them all? Do I get one? It's, yeah, it's crazy. So how many, so on the cassette, the cassette side of like, oh, you're just crazy. I have, oh my God, I just, I've been holding on to these ghost decibels tapes for my first release that I maybe I'll make available. Yeah. Forgot I had them. Yeah, I would say to people to check out Ghost Decibels, check out um, Sex Proxy, this new video. Yeah, what definitely. is this episode I'm going to drop? It's about this episode, uh, it will probably be about a week or two, I would have thought. Um, yeah, so this video, the video should be out. So check okay. out the video for the song Skin. Have you got uh, socials and things like that? Yeah, at yeah. sex underscore proc, P R O X Z, tether me band. Um, and then ghost underscore decibels is my Instagram. Okay, cool. Orange nine MMNYC uh, is the orange nine. So a lot, a lot, a lot of information there. Maybe a link or something. Yeah. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> nah, that'll help. That'll help definitely. Anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, okay, thank you for your, thank you for your time. Uh, I'm excited for the obviously re-release. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Take care, bud. Okay, thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to that episode. Uh, Chaka is a very, very interesting guy. Obviously, he has been in many, many, many bands. Uh, Burn and Orange 9mm being the big ones and having a lot of experience in like the New York hardcore scene. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, make sure to stream it on Spotify and all other platforms and make sure to check us out on social media. Thank you very much. <laughs>